Good morning and welcome to JC Family, wherever you are watching from, wherever you are today. I am praying that today is a fantastic day for you. Obviously, we are online only this morning um, because when I came back from my holiday, I contracted COVID like so many other people. So we decided, we made the difficult decision that we would be online only. So many of the team were down with COVID and we wanted to give space for people to get healed and get whole again and get well. We also wanted to give space to get the building thoroughly cleaned this week before everyone comes back next week. But I am super excited to be back. I'm glad to be in the house. I'm glad to be preaching on the first week that I'm back on 2022. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody's smiling faces next week. If you're online today, just tune in, just type in, yes, I'm here. So we know you're there. We love it when you guys are watching and we can say hello to you all. So, all right, let's pray. Father God, I am asking that today you would open our hearts, that today, Lord, you would help us to become more like Christ in every single thing that we do. Lord, that we would love like him, we would walk like him, we would talk like him, we would behave like him. That, Father, we would display him in everything we do in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. And everyone online just typed in amen at the same time. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of seed. That's the whole message this morning, the power of seed. And I hold here in my hands two pieces of of fruit, two beautiful apples. They are ripe. They are ready to eat. They are ready right now. They are luscious and lovely apples ready to eat. The Bible says so much about our fruit bearing. In Matthew chapter 17, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 18, he says, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And this morning, I want to talk to you about bearing fruit. But more than that, I want to talk to you about the seed within the fruit. See, See, when we talk about the fruit, when we talk about the scriptures, we're encouraged to bear fruit. We're encouraged to produce fruit. We're encouraged to have fruit and to be fruitful. And yet, really, the fruit is only a delivery system for the power of what is inside. And this morning, I want to talk to you about what's inside the fruit. See, if we were to leave these apples just sitting here now for the next week, two weeks, a month, these lovely, luscious apples would become nothing more than a rotten mess. They would never reach their full potential. They would never truly do what they were supposed to do. The power inside them would never get outside of them. See, the power of the fruit goes beyond the here and now. The power of the fruit can satisfy hunger. Perhaps a tree can bring shade to us. Here and now, the fruit can satisfy a need. But the real power of the fruit isn't in the here and now. The real power of the fruit is what's inside the fruit. See, if we were to cut into this apple, inside this apple, we would find seeds. And we could take our time this morning and we could pull them apart and we could look at them, dissect them, and we could count the seeds inside the apple. But the question I have for you this morning is could we count the apples inside the seed? It's not the fruit that we should always be concerning ourselves, but the seeds that are within the fruit. I don't want to talk to you this morning about just bearing fruit today. I want to talk to you about the power of the seed. We can get so caught up in talking about fruit that we forget 
what the fruit is for. As I was pondering this, I began to consider the Israelites. And by all accounts, the Israelites, as they came out of Egypt through the wilderness and entered into the promised land, were incredibly fruitful. In fact, Deuteronomy 6 verse 10 records, he says, So it shall be, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a large and beautiful cities which you did not build, Houses full of good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. By today's standard, the Israelites were incredibly fruitful. They were prosperous. They were blessed. They had God and they had his favor upon their life. But now I want you to come over to the book of Judges, just a couple of pages further on in your Bible. The book of Judges, chapter 2, says, And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went to his own inheritance to possess the land. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Fruitful, right? They served, they were blessed, they possessed the land. They had homes full of good things. They had houses they didn't build, wells they didn't dig, vineyards and olive groves that they didn't plant. They were a fruitful people. But, and I want you this morning to just say the word but. But if you were to drop down to verse 10, I want you to drop down there with me. But, Judges chapter 2 verse 10 says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. The question I have for you this morning is, are we using our fruit? Are we using our fruit to sow seeds to the next generation? Do the lives we live make a difference not only today, but will they make a difference tomorrow? Not only for the here and now, but generationally. See, it's not about what you have or how much you have, but what you do with what you have that makes a difference. The smallest seed can make a massive difference. The power is in the seed. And if we understand that, we can stop focusing so much on the fruit and start focusing on the future. I want to say that again. We can stop focusing on the fruit of the now, the present that are we big enough? Are we growing? Have we done enough? And we can start focusing on the future and the power of the future is found in the seeds. Jesus said, come and follow me. Come and follow me. But he didn't just expect them to stay at a certain point. The truth is, as I look across the church, not only in Australia, not only in Jimboomba, but as I look across the church, right across the world, You see all sorts of different people who go to church for all sorts of different reasons. Some people go to church just because they are petrified of going to hell. And so they turn up to church and they say the prayer and they are committed to following Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. Other people, and I've seen them come, they come to church because they're looking for communion, they're looking for community. They're looking for a place where they can belong. They're looking for a place where they are accepted and loved. And can I just say for a minute, that's okay. If you're here, you're watching online today, that's perfectly okay. That is an acceptable part of following Christ, but it should be the beginning and not the end. 
See, as you're following Jesus, you're following him into a greater growth. As you grow, as you develop, as you come closer to him, as you come closer to becoming the person he wants you to be, what should happen is you realize church isn't all about you. What should happen is that you start to realize that you could come along and be involved, that you could serve and you could give and you could grow. And all of a sudden, you start to have a sense of self-worth. All of a sudden, you start to feel like you belong and you're fulfilling a purpose far beyond just of me, myself, and I. If I go a little bit further, can we go just a little bit further? You, you go to the four walls and you begin to serve and you begin to grow and you begin to bless people inside the church. But then if you grow a little further, if you go a little more with God, what happens is you begin to lift your eyes and you look beyond the four walls of the church. You start to see the need in the communion. You realize that Christ has called us not only to follow him, not only to bless him and be with the body in the church, but also to go out into the community. And as you step out in faith, you see the need of the community. You begin to bless the community. You begin to sow seeds into the community. Can I ask you to lift your eyes just a little further? So we follow Jesus and we're blessed and we come to him and we are forgiven of our sins and then we realize it's not just all about us, it's a blessed to be a blessing. We're gonna bless the body of Christ and we're gonna bless the church and then we go out and we bless the community. But can I tell you the truth this morning? The real power isn't found just in following him. The real power isn't just found in the four walls. It's not even just found in the community. The real power is found when we begin to think generationally. See, I want to say to you today that the seeds you're sowing this morning, the seeds you're sowing today are for the future that you may not ever see. I want to say to you today that some of the things that you're going to do, some of the seeds you're going to plant are going to affect people's lives that you may not have even met yet. That's the power of the seed. The seed we sow must be sown generationally. It can't sit within these four walls. It can't even just stay in our community. It must be sown generationally, to affect the lives of people years from now. I'm reminded of a story told by Russell H. Conwell, pastor of Grace Baptist Church, and let me just read the story out to you. It's around the time of 1912, and a young girl called Hattie May was a young girl who loved going to Sunday school, and sadly, there wasn't always room. The building was small, and lots of people loved to go to this church. One day when she went to go in, there was no room for her and the minister met her at the door and he said to her that one day, one day they would have enough money to build a bigger Sunday school, one that could accommodate all the people that wanted to come. The story continues. A short time later, Hattie passed away from diphtheria and the minister was given a small bag with 57 cents and a small handwritten note in her handwriting. And the handwriting simply read, to help build a bigger church so that more people can go to Sunday school. Story goes on, he says, the minister changed the 57 cents into pennies and he offered each penny for sale and he received $250 for the sale of the pennies. And he took that $250 and with that he formed the newly formed foundation, the White Mitty Society, named after Hattie May Watty. 26 years later, in a talk entitled The History of 57 Cents, the minister explained the results of this 57-cent donation. 
The result was a church with a membership of over 5,600 people, a hospital where tens of thousands of people had been treated, 80,000 young people were going through university, 2,000 people were going out to preach the gospel. All of this happened because of one girl's 57 cent donation. The seeds she sowed would bear fruit 26 years down the future. I want to say to you this morning, that story moves me and encourages me to step out and sow seeds. Not seeds for today. Not, not seeds to just get across the line, but seeds for the future. Seeds that don't just bless ours here, don't just bless our community, but bless ours generationally. See, your life is not just supposed to be fruitful, it's supposed to be a transportation vehicle for seeds. And as we look to jumpstart January, the question is, what seeds are you sowing? What seeds will you sow today, this year? And what harvest will it bring in the future? See, so many of us are a product of the seeds we've already sown. If you've sown negativity, you're reaping negativity. If you've sown bitterness, you're often reaching, reaping bitterness. If you've sown generosity, you often begin to reap generosity. Just like the 57 cents, the seeds you sow are able to do far more than you could ever imagine or think. And so this morning, we've been talking about it throughout the month of January. We started this season with this one purpose in mind that I want to call January, Jumpstart January. And like a farmer that goes out into his paddock into summer to sow the seeds, to reap the harvest for the future, I want to encourage everybody this month to sow seeds. So we've mentioned it every week. And this today, we are going to ask you to take up a love offering and to sow seeds. To sow seeds for the future of JC family, not just for the here and now, but for the generations to come. I love the scripture that Jesus shares in Luke 6.38. He says, given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will people put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Let me read that again. Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Paul picks up a similar theme in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, where he says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And I love the prayer and the promise found in verse 10. If you just go down a few verses. It says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Can I just say every single person has been given seed. You may only be given 57 cents of seed. But if you sow that seed, it can make a massive difference. He says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I want you to consider today, what have you got in your hand to sow? And now, just really quickly, before everybody turns off or tunes out and goes, oh, this is a church, they're always asking for money, more money, more money. Can I just, can I give you a couple of personal testimonies? I'm not trying to get money out of you. We don't need money. I'm asking you to sow a seed. I'm asking you to consider what you will sow in 2022. And here's my personal testimony. 26, 27 years ago, my wife and I sat in a house just around the corner from here. 
and we were both working. We were a dual-income family with no kids, and we were working away, and every time we got a phone bill and every time we got an electricity bill, we would have to save up like crazy and put money aside to pay those bills. And I remember sitting there with a friend one time, and I'd heard a Christian minister make a statement that never left me, and he said, so many Christians eat their seed. So many Christians eat their seed. And I remember sitting there and I said to my friend Louise in front of my wife, I said, we are going to sow ourselves out of this situation. And so from that moment on, we decided we would start sponsoring children in Africa. From that moment on, we started to bless other ministries. From that moment on, we started to not only give our tithe, but also sow on top of that. Can I say today, we don't save up for bills when they come in like that. We haven't saved up for 20 years or more of bills when they come in like that. I believe in the power of sowing seed. I believe in it personally. But can I also say, I'm not here to convince you. I'm not here to manipulate you. If you decide in your heart that you want to give, that's fantastic. If you decide today you don't want to give, that's also fantastic because I believe that sowing seed goes beyond the finances. See, sowing seed doesn't just stop at finances. Your whole life is meant to be an offering. Your whole life, and, and here's where we, I think we get confused sometimes. We kind of have two camps. We have one camp that says, oh, it's all about the money, and I'm going, that's wrong. It's not all about the money. That's not necessarily incorrect. It's incomplete. On the other side, we have the other people going, it's not about the money. That's wrong. It's not incorrect. It's incomplete. It's both. Your whole life is an offering given to God. Your whole life is supposed to make a difference. Your whole life is supposed to be a seed sown. Your treasure, your finances is just one of the seeds and the potential seeds that you can sow. And I am actually convinced that when we sow that, we reap a harvest bountifully because of that. But I also want to encourage you, don't just come and subcontract out the work of God. Don't just come and go, oh, well, I've put money in the offering plate. I've put money in the buckets. I gave my tithe. I gave my offering. And that's all I intend to do. Can I suggest that Christianity goes far beyond just your wallet? It goes to your heart. It goes to living a life that sows seeds into the lives of other people. What other seeds can you sow? What about the seed of your time? What about this year saying, I want to sow the seed of time into the body of Christ? What projects, what things can I do with my time to bless other people? What would it look like if you tithed your time? Jesus says, let me go find the scripture for you. In John 12, 24, most assuredly I say to you that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies... If it dies, it produces much grain, produces much fruit. If it dies, it produces far more. If it falls to the ground, it dies. If it lays down its life, if it gives something up, it will actually produce so much more. Can I say that again? If it gives something up, it will produce so much more except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will produce much grain. What are you sowing in 2022? What are you sowing in regards to your treasure? What are you sowing in regards to your time? What about your talents? Have you, what about the gifts and the talents that God's put into your life? Have you taken those? Have you polished them and will you present them back to him? 
There's so many people that have got gifts and talents that are absolutely phenomenal and they sit on them week after week. I encourage you to not only sow finances, we're not subcontracting our Christianity. It's our whole life that matters before God. And it's a blessed life. And it's an opportunity to live life to the full and to live life fruitfully. But can I say, it's a life that sows seeds, not only for the here and now, but for the generations to come. It's your gift. It's yours. I'm not going to take it off you. I'm going to ask you to give it willingly. I'm going to ask you to use it to bless the body and bless the world. I'm going to ask you to lay down your life as a seed for the next generation. I'm going to ask you this year to take your treasure, to take your time and to take your talents and to place them into God's hands. I was thinking about this as, we, as I pondered this. You know, sowing seed isn't always convenient. Sowing seed isn't always easy. Stepping out in faith doesn't always make sense. And in, in our world in which we live, where we go to Woolworths and Coles to buy our produce, the concept of seed time and harvest time has almost been totally forgotten. But in the kingdom mentality, the Bible says in Genesis that while the earth remains summer and winter, seed time and harvest time will not cease. We live with the concept of seed time and harvest time. And I'm asking you this year, what are you going to sow? As we step into 2022, what are you sowing? What seeds have you sown in the past and what seeds will you be sowing today and into your future? I want to thank you guys for spending the time with us this morning to tune in. I want to thank you guys for, for just having a heart that's open to being generous to God, not only with your finances. Please, don't tune out this. Not only with your finances. It's your whole life. He paid a price for your whole life. And this morning as we come to a close, I just want to ask you, if you haven't had that opportunity to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, it is one of the best decisions you're ever going to make. If you haven't taken the time to say, Jesus, would you lead my life? Would you be my God? Would you guide me, correct me, and show me the way in which I should walk? It will be one of the best decisions you can ever make. So this morning, if you want to make that decision i encourage you it starts with a simple prayer it's the first it's not the last it's the first of many prayers but perhaps a prayer you could pray would go something simple something like jesus come into my life and make me born again forgive my sins cleanse me from trying to do things my own way and in my own strength and let me be totally dependent upon you and upon your guidance jesus would you fill me with your holy spirit I am yours and you are mine and I want to walk with you all the days of my life from this moment on. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love you to take a moment and just email into the office. I'd love you to take a moment and perhaps put it up on the Facebook page so that we know you've made a decision to follow Jesus. We'd love to get in touch with you. We'd love to give you a Bible and pray for you and help you to walk this out. This morning, I'm praying that we walk into 2022 with a fresh sense of purpose and a destiny. I pray that we would step into 2022 knowing that we have seeds to sow that are going to bring an incredible harvest. And I want to say bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.